Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. We're looking at that wings. All right, questions is here. Doogie with a scoop later on this hour. It's game show Friday. We have a jam-packed final hour of the week here. What do you got for us? Let's start with Wolves, since you played that favorite Tim uh, Tom Thibodeau clip there. We're looking there. to add wings. We are looking to add wings. Always looking to add wings here at the Mackey and Judd Show. I'm going to give you two options. One of these options you can exercise from the organization immediately. You never have to worry about them again. The other option I'm going to give you, you have to keep within the organization with a guarantee they will be the person or player that they have been since they've been with the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right. They will not change. They will stay who they are. Okay. And what was specifically option A again? Option A, you can get rid of them today. You never have to worry about them with the Timberwolves again. And the other guy, well, you have to pick one to remain exactly as they have been. Oh, this is going. Tom Thibodeau, Andrew Wiggins. Those are the options. Oh, this is this is not hard. This is not hard. Oh, at you all. should go first because I think Phil is really all right. struggling. Right uh, now. To go quickly, <laughs> to go quickly. I was par- partly stretching, but yeah, I did. It was I don't. Painstaking. I don't see a positive future for this franchise at all with Tibbs. So I would say I, I made a mistake there. I he I gave him too much power. His idea of how to run this does not necessarily uh, mesh with how uh, NBA teams should be run in 2018. Wiggins, I would then, with a new coach, hope that the the new coach could develop him. He remains the same. So, but I would, I think, from a organizational health standpoint, you jettison tips. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think you feel particularly comfortable with. Option B, which is keep either one of them and they are guaranteed to be the same person. But I think there's more there's more hope for Andrew Wiggins and he's young. And I think with Tom Thibodeau, we were just I don't know. We had beer goggles. We just got really excited. And I was a lead trumpeter there, too. So I don't know how he's going to change in his 60s and how he's all of a sudden going to get better at empowering young players and connecting teammates and just being kind of a galvanizing force you know he's just he's so rigid and he's he's sandpaper he's sandpaper i think the right coach could in fact if you said goodbye to tom thibodeau is it possible that you could stumble your way into a coach that is a connector a quinn snyder somebody like that 
and and gets to Andrew Wiggins and maybe doesn't turn him into Kevin Durant, but maybe turns him into a guy who is an all-star player and gives you a little bit more. So I, I agree with Judd. I would say goodbye to Tom Thibodeau. And um, I guess the premise here is that Wiggins would stay the same. That's but, where I'm getting you. But I, I, I'm but surprised you yeah. choose Tibbs a little bit. I can't, I can't do the Tibbs thing anymore. You can do the wig thing, though? Well, you're giving me two guns to point at my head. So, <laughs> and then like debating which which one to, you know, you have to pull the trigger. Switch guns. Switch. I think the difference is I'm not convinced that Wig even staying the same is going to sink the franchise. I'm convinced that Tibbs might. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, zero sum. They both may. Yeah, yeah of course. And the, let's be honest, the franchise has been at the bottom of the ocean next to the Titanic for 20 years. So. But, for 14 years. On Tuesday night, the Twins did beat the Tigers in Detroit. I asked you guys during questions on Wednesday. Let's say they sweep the series, end up four games back of the Indians, and now what would it would, would have been a game and a half up on uh, the? Or excuse me, it would have been two and a half up on the Tigers. Second place isn't an option. Better chance they finish first in the division or third. And you guys both said first place. And then Judd went a little rogue with his next part of the answer. And then a big fight started, and it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, Dave got upset. Same question. Now that we've seen how that series has ended mm. with the Tigers mm. winning the last two games and the Twins now one and a half back of Detroit, <laughs> second place is off the table. Better chance the Twins finish first or third in the AL Central. Can I argue that this team is not a playoff team and that it would be a tragedy if they made the playoffs, which I believe is the word that Judd used, a, a tragedy. tragedy. Things are trending in the direction to which Judd wanted. I can't believe when Judd used the word tragedy that we didn't, like, were the hot take police at lunch? What eating, do- eating donuts. I used that word for effect and I got it, too. It was very Cause, Stephen A-like. Because cause then, then I got Phil to react exactly how I thought he would, and it was a glorious moment. <laughs> um, I'm still going to say first place is more likely than third place because I feel like the Tigers are a 100-loss team. And I think the Twins are something <laughs> well, else. I don't think the Twins are a 100-loss team. The Twins compete, and the Twins, have, the twins are going to call up Nick Gordon at some point, and... Uh, Byron Buxton will come back and save some runs at the very least in center field, even if he doesn't hit. So the Twins are going to add some things, even if they trade away. Like if they traded Logan Morrison, it's not like that'd be a big loss to their lineup to this point. If they trade, if they traded away Brian Dozier, it's not like it would be a huge loss to their lineup at this point in the season because he hasn't done much. So um, second place, if if you had if Vegas was ranking, you know the. The odds-on places to finish for the Twins in the division. Second place would be a heavy, heavy favorite, and I and I would still pick first place over third place. Call me crazy. Yeah, that's it, a deep side. It's still first place. By the way, my my guy Doge, last forty-seven games, one ninety-eight, five home runs, sixteen RBIs, thirty-nine strikeouts. He's been terrible yeah. uh, the last fifty games. Yeah, I think for I think first place still. This this division's so bad, and I think you're right. I think Detroit's awful. Kansas City is just dreadfully putrid, and Chicago's not good. So, uh, despite the fact that it hurts to say, because it makes no sense, first place. Whoa! Right. Back, Whoa. back to back birdies to close the round. He's got it. Just a grinding effort for Tiger. Let's do it to Dave. get it to plus ten. Tigervention. Momentum going into the Open next month. My name is Phil. I'm, I wouldn't. I'm a t- I wouldn't addict. touch a golf club until the Open with that kind of momentum. You don't want to screw it up. Only semi kidding. Yeah. 
Phil, it's so hard to watch. <laughs> it is difficult to see what's really happening is. to you right now. He's yeah. only what's 14 off the lead. You? Only he shaved two strokes off the lead. Reaching into that treasure trove of memories as a child and trying to pull the last one out, and it's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, The building's burned down, and you keep going back to it. Your childhood home burned to the ground, and you still keep going back. Think I, of, I think they can rebuild it. All of the childhood loves that have fallen from grace. Hey, Hogan might come back to SummerSlam. And that would be worse than Tiger playing <laughs> it would right be now so by, bad. by light years. Is that a real thing? Hulk Hogan? I, hope not. I think he has two new hips. You know, are you serious? Are you? He's definitely had hip replacement surgery, and there and there's a no, but, there's a like there there's a story that Hulk Hogan and the WWE are inching closer to a sort of a a new marriage. Like they whitewashed everything after the sex tape came out, and yes. that actually it was the racist comments. Yes. Yes. Either way, I'm just saying. When's the last time he wrestled? Oh, five years, five plus. Years I mean, ago. whatever it is, he couldn't move then. Wait, all you need to do is lift the leg up, the big boot. You think he can get that leg up that high? If he's wrestling Rey Mysterio, <laughs> <laughs> if somebody happens he's to re- take a header as he's lifting the leg, maybe. I'm a little worried when he goes for the giant leg drop that his whole body's going to dissolve when he hits the canvas, <laughs> that he just disintegrates into the mat, and all you see is a Hulkamania pair of whitey tighties. All right, what's question three? Question three, well... You guys saw the Terry Collins video that came out this week. Former Mets manager flipping out. I loved it. Noah Syndergaard was tossed out of game. This was a year or two ago for throwing at somebody. And Terry Collins went out and MF'd and CF'd and threw everything at the umpires. It was fantastic. It was amazing. The crew chief got in the middle of it and calmed Terry down. The uh, umpire, frankly, looked very professional and looked very good in the whole thing. But MLB has done their best to scrub that video from the internet now. How did it get out in the first place again? Somebody leaked it. They don't know exactly how it happened, but it was leaked out on Twitter. You can find it on YouTube, I'm pretty sure now. But uh, it's off Twitter because of the agreement they have with the umpires union that those type of mic'd up videos are no longer to be put in front of the public eye. The umpires do not want that, even though in this particular one they look good. Doesn't matter. They don't want any of that stuff on the Internet because everyone's a big bunch of dummies. So maybe we should do a little rank them. How about that? No. Humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. Rank them the big four as far as who treats their fans the best. Wow. Oh, I like it. Um. Well, this is really easy. Go. Number four. Number four would be baseball, hockey, and football. And <laughs> Number one. And number one by far is the NBA. The NBA is the NBA puts out, well, uh, you know what, actually, just I, to be fair to the NFL. Number two. The NFL oftentimes treats its fans like they don't matter, but they give you, with NFL films, they give you such great access. So I'm going to put I'm gonna put those two uh, higher up than NHL, which treats their fans like mostly garbage. Well, it's because they're run by an idiot. <laughs> and baseball, not only does baseball, fans deserve behind-the-scenes looks at these conversations much more often. How often have fans been wondering, what are those conversations like when umpires are yelling at managers and back and forth? Like, embrace those things and put some of those videos out more. And so they, I don't know, they already alienate young fans anyways because the game is just so cryptically boring compared to what it was when we were all kids. 
But uh, football with their NFL films access is a lot of fun. But basketball has just become, unless you're just a hater of basketball and you don't like to watch the greatest players in the world go head-to-head, basketball is very accessible. Even in the in-arena experience, you're just, if you're 15 rows off the court, you still feel like you're in the huddle in some cases. All right. You want all four here? Yeah, sure. Number four. Number four, I'm going to say is baseball because it's not that they're consistently poorly run, but they miss opportunities. I think the the gist of, of your question is what sport presents its fan base the most opportunities to sort of participate and be involved in things? Baseball doesn't do a great job there, so therefore... One, two. Number three. The... NHL actually doesn't do a terrible job here, but Bettman's such a moron that I can't put him above three. (laughs) Number two. Love your personal bias. The NFL is number two, and Phil's right. Basketball's one. The NFL... Number one. The NFL, for all of its faults, and it's got a lot, actually has some decent ideas on, on how to get fans participating, and they're not terrible there. There's areas that football's bad at. I don't know if that's one. So I would say NBA 1 by far and away, NFL 2, NHL 3, Baseball 4. And baseball, just wake up. Honest to God, I love you. You're a great sport, but yeah, at every turn, you you're, you're still act like, well, we're one of the yeah. major three sports. And it's like, yes, you are, but you're falling. Do you get how you're falling? And yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's frustrating to watch uh, baseball's demise in the sense that there are things that make it preventable, and I don't know that they're going to the lengths they should to prevent those things. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Are we ready? Let's get it on. On 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday! It is Game Show Friday with Mackie and Judd. Here are your hosts, Bill Mackey and Judd Zogan. Yeah, all right, everybody. All right, yes. let's keep let's keep it down. Doogie with an end of the week scoop session, and we can react to the sporting news article with good stuff. Right. Uh, we have for prizes today. Well, Benjamin and Chris are going to go head to head, and both are going to win something here. We have a beer show flight tour card. We have a pair of Friday through Sunday general admission tickets and a behind-the-scenes tour. And then the to sentence... To the X Games. To the X Games. And then the sentence finishes. To the X else. Games. Okay, to the X Games. The sentence ended at tour. <laughs> July 19th through the 22nd, I believe, are the dates at U.S. Bank Stadium. Downtown Minneapolis X Games. We have Sherlock Gnomes Blu-ray combo pack and a pair of passes to see Tag in theaters. So all kinds of great stuff here. Uh, let's bring these guys in. Benjamin and Chris. What's going on, Benjamin? I am uh, just hoping my 19-month-old cooperate long enough for us to get to this game show. Alright, well, you know, if you if you have to uh, put the 19-year-old on to help you answer a question, that's okay, too. Sometimes... No, the 19-month-old. That was, yeah. Or 19-month-old. Yeah, yeah, what I say? Crying. You know something. Yeah. more than Judd, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, Chris, Chris, are you with us? Yep. All right, Chris is there too. What game will Chris and Benjamin be playing here, Dave? Chris and Benjamin, Benjamin and Chris get ready for a very special U.S. Open edition of Closest to the Pin. All right. Closest to the Pin. 
So the way this works is we have six different questions. Actually, we have uh, we have seven different questions. You are one away from the pin. That's right. I'm already losing. And all of them have a number for an answer. And by the end of the exercise, whoever has the closest score to zero, closest to the pin, is going to be our winner. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. We'll start with Benjamin on this one. Including this year, including 2018, how many times has Shinnecock Hills Golf Club hosted the U.S. Open? Benjamin? Eight. Chris? Uh, seven. The answer is five. Five times, which means Chris right now is two off the pin, and Benjamin is three off the pin with six questions to go. Judd? Question number two. Tiger Woods set the U.S. Open record for the largest margin of victory at Pebble Beach in 2000. How many strokes did he win by in that tournament in 2000? Start with Chris this time. Chris? Uh, 14. And Benjamin? 13. You know, pretty close. Yeah, it's good. The correct answer is 15. We got a close match here. Close match. We'll get to question three. And uh, this is in real time right now. So this is a this is a real time question. Dave, do you have the leaderboard? I sure do. All right. How many strokes does Tiger Woods trail behind the leaders right now at the U.S. Open? Benjamin. Thirteen. Chris. Fourteen. They're both pretty close here. If not, did, did Chris just hit it spot on? Yeah. Tiger's plus 10. Tiger is plus 10, and the leader is minus 4. So 14 oh, is correct. Very yeah. nice. By the way, the cut line right now is plus 9. So very good chance Tiger Woods makes it to the weekend, and you guys can apologize to me in a full segment on Monday. I just, okay? No, we can't. You're going to be golfing. It's okay. You can call me. It's all right. Uh, but Dave can call you. You can call me. I'll just set the phone down while I'm golfing. Dave can call you. Uh, all right, we got a close matchup here. We'll get you a score update shortly, but Judd, fire away on question four. We'll start with Chris this time. Hazeltine National was the last Minnesota course to host the U.S. Open. Payne Stewart won the tournament that year. What was the year that it was played last in Minnesota? Chris? Uh, 2010. All right. Benjamin? U.S. Open? Correct. In Minnesota. Last time. 87? 1991 was the last time Uh, it was played here. Close. All right, Dave, what's the score here with three questions to go? Benjamin takes the lead with that question. He is 10 away from the pin, while Chris is 22 away from the pin. Still anyone's game. Closest to the pin here. We'll start with Benjamin. Bobby Jones won his fourth and final U.S. Open at Interlochen Country Club in 1930. Oh, the 19-month-old, not happy. Oh, no. We got distractions. We got 19-month-old. He's he, he tough. <laughs> Bobby Jones has won his fourth and final U.S. Open, or won his fourth and final U.S. Open at Interlochen in 1930. It <laughs> is not happy. <laughs> Sounds like me on a Monday when the show starts. Oh, that's Judd after eating a salad late at night in stall two. This morning was rough. Okay, adding together each of Bobby Jones' four U.S. Open victories, how much money did he earn at the U.S. Open Championship? Benjamin? 
I will say one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Okay, Chris. Uh, hundred hundred and fifteen thousand. The answer is zero. He was an amateur. It was a different era. It, he <laughs> well, well, it, different era, but also he didn't make money because he was an amateur golfer. That's correct. Yes, yeah, so that's more the. Did he just take a ten thousand pin lead on me? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> oh well. That's okay. I have a feeling you'll still have time to make it up. <laughs> still a chance. Okay. Judd? All right. Next question. Phil Mickelson has never won the U.S. Open. How many times has Phil Mickelson finished as the runner-up? Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, three times. Benjamin? <laughs> that's right. Five. Uh, he says five. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, the pretty close. answer is six, six times that uh, Phil Mickelson has... Been the runner-up at the U.S. Open. So Chris has about a 10,000-point lead here, right? Chris is 115,025 away from the pin, while Benjamin is 125,011 away oh, from the okay. pin. All right. So is. Chris is going to go first on this one. What is the total purse to be awarded at the, two, uh, the 2018 U.S. Open? What's the total amount of money paid out to players at the Open this year? Chris. The total is uh, five seconds. Six million five hundred thousand dollars. So six point five million, he says. All right, Benjamin. How much? Three point two five. How much? Three point two five million. Oh, the answer is twelve million dollars, which means Chris is closest to the pin, and Benjamin. Better luck next time. You're still going to win a prize, though. Nice work, gentlemen. Okay. Nice work, Chris. Hopefully everything's okay back there. All right. <laughs> we'll put uh, we'll put Benjamin on hold here. Chris, would you like to thank anyone? Who got you to this point in your life, Chris? Um, th- did you hear about the, the raccoon in St. Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he got me there. Oh, he got you. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Awesome. Just keep on climbing. Yep. Keep on climbing. Sure. Exactly yeah. right. It's great life advice. And then you'll be set free eventually yep. in Shakopee. Yeah. yeah. And then you'll get yep. hit by a car at some point, probably. <laughs> After a few good dives into a garbage can. Yep. It's life advice for Who all of us. Who hasn't been really. there, right? No. I think we've all been there. Thank you, Chris. Bye. <laughs> that kid oh, was not right. happy. No. Or maybe it might have been Benjamin who was crying because he was so far oh, behind. Oh, because he uh, fell behind like that? Maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, Doogie's going to come in here for a little scoop session on this Friday. Some more Juicy Wolf stuff that uh, hit the interwebs today. We'll get to with him. Bill Mackey. When will I know I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you. Judd Zolgad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESP. Ooh, boy. <laughs> this is a great time for Doogie to be in here right now from 5 Eyewitness News. And the Scoop Podcast, which is one of the best podcasts you're going to find here in the Twin Cities. All kinds of big-time interviews, uh, local sports information, 1500ESPN.com. So, welcome to the studio here as a Woj Bomb hits. This is awesome. Oh, I love it. I mean, the NBA offseason trumps the regular season and in many <laughs> ways does. trumps the postseason because the results are well, definitely, just yeah. about inevitable. 
It's not even close. So, yes, let the off-season rumor mill not even begin. I mean, it began weeks ago, but really pick up steam right now. So here's what it is. Multiple different NBA insiders reporting that Kawhi Leonard officially wants out of San Antonio. And Adrian Wojnarowski taking it a step further, saying he wants Los Angeles. He wants to go to the Lakers. That's that's his preference. Now, I think everyone is now going to speculate LeBron to the Lakers Kawhi in a trade, could they then somehow also finagle Paul George and now all of a sudden those three wing players are together? But from a Timberwolves perspective, if you know that Kawhi wants out of San Antonio and he's got one year left in his deal, and so it's a marriage that's been ugly now for about a year, they're going to be somewhat desperate to get something. Don't you call and say Andrew Wiggins and the first-round pick if they need something to entice them for that contract and make a run at it with Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, and Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson for one year and Cat? You have to make that call, right? You do. And I will be shocked if they don't make that call at this point. And I heard you guys talking about this the other day, and you guys were dead on. It's a year-to-year proposition. Nothing beyond that. There's not a whole lot of long-term planning outside of Carl Anthony Towns. We all know, you know, you don't need Tibbs or Scott Layden to be in charge to know that you're giving him the max. Outside of that, mm-hmm. there really isn't any long-term planning. So if it's year-to-year... And you have a chance to acquire another top 10 two-way guy. So you've already got Jimmy Butler. You have a chance to acquire another one of those guys. And, oh, by the way, your number two guy in the front office. And maybe by title he's number four, but he's really number three, Brian Pauga. So you talk about Scott Layden and Brian Pauga. You still work in the Spurs front office. They have intimate knowledge about Leonard. I'm led to believe both those guys are huge fans who wouldn't be. Of Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. Yes, you absolutely make the call. And, oh, by the way, the Wolves have reached out on just about every superstar that has become available going back to when Tibbs took over two years ago outside of Carmelo Anthony. I'm told, actually, they did not reach out yeah. and he's to New York. And, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could even argue, certainly the way the year played out in Oklahoma City, but even going back before the Knicks moved him, you could make a case that Carmelo... His best days were in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Uh, speaking of phone calls, Dukes, would they make a call on uh, Kyrie now in Boston? Well, why is Boston trading him? Well, if, if, if they're going to be in the if, LeBron, if LeBron stakes, James goes to Boston and, room, and it's man. like untenable, and they don't well, want to play together, going to Boston. But you what do you mean by that, though? I mean, I just I wouldn't put my money. So I know there I are think, betting I odds. It's not the number one. Sure, if if you want to, yeah, if you want to draw this out, Judd, yes, and suggest that LeBron could end up in Boston, that Kyrie and LeBron can't coexist, then yes, I mean the Wolves had interest last year. Yes, presumably you would make that call again. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I don't see LeBron ending up in Boston. Sure. I kind of thought. Well, I think Lakers are. Clear cut number one at this point because he has a home in L.A. He's he, kids love L.A. Uh, I would I would have been curious the Greg Popovich Spurs factor if they found a way to make it work with Kawhi. Sure. But it sounds like Kawhi's like if we're going to make it work, it's going to work in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and Brian and I'll just go play for Luke Walton instead. Um, if here's the problem for the Wolves, if they don't go out and make a power move for a guy like Kawhi Leonard, or if there's another name out there that they could make a power move for, what are they? They're just they've got. An Albatross Wiggins contract, Jimmy Butler under contract for one year. Now another, the sporting news is now, I saw you retweet this, saying that Jimmy Butler can't stand playing with Wiggins and and Tom Thibodeau thought that bringing Butler in would be a better, more impactful move for Andrew Wiggins. It hasn't worked out. So if they can't coexist, Butler's not going to sign another contract unless you can move Wiggins. In that case, can you move him for something that helps you win 
before Butler's contract is up. This is a really precarious situation that the Wolves are in right now. I agree. Now, on Butler, it's not just him still trying to figure out. Can't stand is too strong. It's not only him still trying to figure out if he can coexist with Wiggins. It's his overall fit here. Yeah. I mean, I'm led to believe that Jimmy still doesn't fully know after one full season whether this is the right spot long term. So that has to do with Carl Anthony Towns. That has to do, obviously, with Andrew Wiggins and others. It's just not about Wiggins. But yeah, on the Wolves, the tough spot they are in. Okay, let's draw this out. LeBron to the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard. Because the Lakers can put together a really enticing package for the Spurs. I mean, could you imagine? You put Kuzma on the table. Do well, you put Lonzo, Lonzo Ball they'll, they'll on, the Lonzo table. on the table? But imagine Greg Popovich and they've LeVar got multiple first round picks exist on the same planet. Yeah, I mean, they got draft picks they can move. <laughs> you know, so Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, Tyus Jones's former agent, by the way, is now the Lakers general manager. I mean, they're savvy. So yeah, I mean, you can start to connect those dots. Okay, so that means the Lakers make a significant jump in the West. I'm telling you, Denver still has pieces. I mean, Paul Millsap missed, what, three months last year? So Denver was a non-playoff team that can make a jump. I still think the Clippers are interesting enough. So who drops off? So when you look at the landscape in the West, we know the Warriors are still great. The Rockets will be great. Imagine the Lakers with LeBron, Kawhi, and whether Paul George ends up back in OKC, They'll end up with somebody else. They have that sort of maneuverability, that flexibility. So the Lakers are going to be really good. I still think Oklahoma City will be better, especially if Paul George is back there mm-hmm. at the one full season. Yeah, Them figuring things out. I still think there's too much talent there. Now, you could argue with Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, too. You know, I mean, how many teams had, had guys on first, second, and third All-NBA teams? I mean, Golden State. Minnesota. I mean, it's not many. So, I mean, if you've got those two guys, you've got a chance. But, yeah, it's a really tough spot when you look at how good the Western Conference is. Sporting news story, Dukes. What, what I found intriguing about that, too, was, and I don't recall seeing this previous uh, previously before that story, was that Jeff Teague at some point went to Tibbs and told him, play Tyus Jones more. And then Tibbs said, oh, okay, and went out and signed Derrick Rose. And and then the third part of the story that I thought was really enlightening was the fact that there was a point where Tyus Jones considered asking for a trade. To me, what this all does is this speaks to the dysfunction that that we know exists. Mm -hmm. But when, I'll go back to, to this, when you've got a kid from Apple Valley who grew up watching this team and basically gets to a point where he says, I'm a backup point guard and I don't enjoy playing here, you are talking about a truly, potentially, dysfunctional situation which which goes down a path that we've been talking about for quite some time here but there seems to be like there's more and more crumbs there i would agree now sean devaney is the sporting news reporter who penned this piece that just posted on sporting news's website this morning if people don't know the point of reference he's covered the nba for a while so i consider sean credible on tyus potentially asking for a trade i have not heard that the idea that Tyus would have been upset when they brought in Derrick Rose, yes, I mean, that makes logical sense. Now, Rose played a lot of off-the-ball to guard. I mean, Tyus and Rose played together. On Teague, going to Tibbs, I believe it. I mean, Jamal Crawford went to Tibbs. And others have Taj, gone to Taj Tibbs Gibson, to say... Taj yeah, did too and said the same well, thing. Yeah, I mean, others have gone to Tibbs to yeah. say, hey, Tyus has earned more minutes. I mean, even going back to training camp, I kept hearing all these great things about Tyus... So, yeah, I mean, multiple people. So, yes, the idea that Teague was one of them absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Boy, this is this is juicy. We get 
we get another month of this. Well, actually, we get like another, well, close to a month of this because in, in two weeks or two and a half weeks, you can start to have these conversations out in the open, and then you can't sign until like July 10th, right? Is that the timeline? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, even at Summer League, I mean, there's still trade talk that continues. Now, on the Wolves checking around, now everything is is on lockdown at Mayo Clinic Square. I think that'll open up early next week, maybe to a degree. But right now, it's it's on lockdown. But taking the temperature of some league folks, nothing really happening with the Wolves. I mean, they're open to moving Gorgie Jang. I think they're open to moving the 20th pick. But there's nothing that's that's imminent. I do think they'll end up shopping Andrew Wiggins. But as you've noted, it's not like his value is incredibly high right now. Would you now. have to attach that first-round pick to him? To well, get I mean, it depends to take what the, the deal is. Like, if you called the Spurs about Kawhi right now, and they get done laughing, and then they say, okay, all right, Timberwolves, give us your best offer for Kawhi. Yeah, yes. First round pick or I mean it might Tyus take Jones. it might take pick twenty and Justin Patton. Yeah. I mean really. Or Tyus. I mean it might take Tyus, pick twenty and Andrew Wiggins. I wouldn't trade Tyus. Now a Memphis think... talk show host suggested I mean it was pure speculation, but he tweeted yesterday. What about the Grizzlies number four pick? Plus Chandler Parsons, who has two years at about twenty five million per left Ooh. on his contract. He has broken down. Yeah. I mean, you would just have to take the contract to get the fourth pick in the draft, this loaded draft, and then Wiggins would go to Memphis. I would actually do that. Yes, I would. I oh, would I would do it to, to get the fourth that. pick. That is reckless yeah. as it can get. I told Judd, to get Jaron Jackson from Michigan Ooh. State. Sign me up. I yes. told Judd Memphis. W- by the way, isn't doing that. Okay, I can just tell you. I know okay. some people <laughs> in Memphis. Memphis, Memphis isn't doing that, and that has not come up. Like I told Judd, I would consider I would consider something that involves a Ryan Anderson contract, just because he can shoot threes, and it's less than five years. You know, Wiggins is five years, but let's okay, let's Ooh. transition. Um, first of all, those aren't like appealing options. We're just looking for ways to not have to pay Wiggins one hundred fifty no, million dollars over five. I years. I know. Do you want a little bit more Wolves before we yeah, transition oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Twins or whatever? Because we do have the draft next week. They end up seeing a pick twenty. I think it's interesting. I mean, I've reported on a number of names that have been in town. They have a couple more in town tomorrow, including Troy Brown Jr. of Oregon. So a lot of guys that make sense of pick 20. I find it interesting, some of the guys, at least from what I can gather, that haven't been in town. That doesn't mean the Wolves aren't interested, but they've brought in so many guys. The Wolves have brought in 50-plus players the last month. Again, as far as you know, they brought in nobody because they're one of the few franchises they would that likes to hide that though, information. Smokescreen it. They, yeah, maybe. They, they run themselves like a football team. It makes perfect sense to draft a guy that, that you didn't yeah. bring here it's possible. to try and fool oh, yeah. people. I'm not, I'm this not is dismissing very NFL-like. That. But as far as I can gather, Kyrie Thomas of Creighton wasn't in. Kata Bates-Diop of Ohio State was not in. Gary Trent Jr., Apple Valley, Duke, to be determined. He still might get in before next Thursday, but he hasn't been in yet. But guys like DiVincenzo Villanova has been in. Grayson Allen of Duke was in yesterday. By the way, he put on a show at the Creative Arts Agency Pro Day in L.A. a few weeks back with Tibbs in attendance. You know, So Grayson Allen is in the mix. Okoji from Georgia Tech is in the mix. You know, Certainly Troy Brown Jr. of Oregon is in the mix being in town tomorrow. So I find it interesting the guys they brought in versus the guys they haven't brought in. Jerome Robinson, another name that has been in from Boston College. Yeah. Um we got a couple more minutes left here. Doogie with us. It's it's the Scoop segment. If you want more of this in full length, the Scoop podcast, anywhere you would find podcasts. Just some twin stuff. So Sano sent all the way down to Fort Myers yesterday. Judd and I think it's the right move. We also think 
they handled it pretty well. It, it's pretty obvious. Even Sano agreed. Okay, we got to get this thing fixed. But there's there's a way to handle it. You could punish him, so to speak, and make it all about him. And they didn't do that. They chose to say, hey, we're all in this together. We want what's best for you. They sort of coddled him a little bit in the delivering of it. They preserved his ego. And I think because he has kind of a fragile ego based on what people say behind the scenes. Oh, that's true. I like yeah. the way that he, I like the way the twins handled this. Mm-hmm. And now we'll see if he takes the path of Roy Halladay or if he's just a bust. What are you hearing about all this behind the scenes? Well, for the longest time, I thought, you know what? I mean, the season really isn't going anywhere. Just to let him get at bats at the major league level. But at this point, I mean, you had to make that move. So yeah. even I've come around on that. That sending him somewhere made some sense. They have their entire support staff in Fort Myers. His good buddy Jorge Polanco is in Fort Myers. Irvin Santana, another good buddy, may soon be in Fort Myers. Might even be there now continuing his rehab. So he's got buddies there. Yeah, Maybe some guys that can just pump some common sense and just a work ethic into him. I mean, that's been the issue. I mean, diet maybe? There's been, well, but you know what? This time last year, Judd, he was an all-star. He was fantastic. He was also overweight this time last year. So I don't think it's that simple. But yes, does he need to get no, in better a, shape? It's a multitude of things. Yes, no I mean, he's he's in Fort Myers yeah. in part because he needs to work big time on his conditioning. I just know that there's been some people in the clubhouse that thought this move should have happened weeks ago. That they really enjoyed when Sano had the rehab assignment in Rochester. He's just, he's not the most popular guy in the clubhouse. And I mean, you guys have laid it out. When all these other guys are working super hard, then you've got him. I mean, there's some guy saying, what the bleep? How can so, you yeah, not? so I yeah. can just tell you, I think it's going to yeah. be a better clubhouse, whether that translates mm. to wins, that remains to be seen. But I do think it'll be a better clubhouse the next few weeks with Sano and Fort Myers. Interesting. And then you had something on uh, the Twins' first-round pick, Trevor Larnick, as well, right? Yeah, I mean, he kicked the Gophers' tail last weekend. He will sign, but... Oregon State's in the College World Series. They open up tomorrow against North Carolina. So he won't sign until the Beaver season is done. The buzz is he will come in a little under slot. Not significantly under slot. Their second round pick came in significantly under slot. But that Larnick will come in a tick below. And oh, by the way, Sean Jelly, Matamidai's own, he signed with the San Francisco Giants today, 45th overall pick. He got just a tick below the slot, but still $1.5 million. So a pretty good deal for... Nice. From Matamidai's own. Interesting. Thanks for coming in, Doogie. Great stuff, dude. All right, boys. Happy Thank Father's you. Day to all the fathers out yeah. there. And happy, re- happy reckless speculation season in the NBA. It's with Woj bombs dropping today on a Friday. It's uh, so only go, starting. Go find Doogie's podcast, The Scoop, anywhere you would find him. 1500ESPN.com is a good place. We'll come back. Mackie and Judd to the TCL Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. You've been ratted out, boys. On 1500 ESPN. Head to the 1500 ESPN stream player right now for your chance to win a Blu-ray combo pack of Sherlock Gnomes kickoff summer with Sherlock Gnomes, the phenomenal comedy that critics are calling a fun-filled family adventure featuring an all-star cast of voices including Emily Blunt and James McAvoy. Bring the gnomes home and own Sherlock Gnomes on Blu-ray today. It's rated PG from Paramount and MGM Pictures. Check out the 1500 ESPN stream player for your chance to win a copy. Reckless speculation! With no regard for human life! Dude, that was... I need a cigarette after that last oh, segment. That's complete NBA oh. porn. That is, com- that is... The offseason in this league is so Dude. much fun. 
The yeah. offseason in the NBA might be the one league where where the um where the television programming is more fun to watch when they're not playing games. Oh yeah. Like the jump now, the jump now is fantastic. It's nothing but reckless speculation mm-hmm. that's incredibly fun to listen to. I'm just doing a little little salary cap. You know, I'm the, the cap master of this I radio show. I found a way to get got, Kyrie Irving to Kyrie. the Timberwolves earlier this week. Yeah, you did. I give you credit for that. So the Woj bomb that just came out, it, it, was, it was reported across multiple platforms that Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio. Just, you know, two weeks before all this stuff happens, they, he's just floating it out there. I don't want to play in San Antonio anymore. LeBron James... Likely has L.A. in his sights. Uh, Woj reported Kawhi wants Los Angeles. If they can't figure that out, and please God, let Lonzo Ball get traded to San Antonio so that Greg Popovich and LeVar Ball have to deal with each other for the next three years. That's probably a reason why that trade would never happen. Um, yeah, maybe Kyle I think, Kuzma would be the guy that think, goes instead. I think Pop might block that idea. But is there a way now? And the Lakers have, if they want, the Lakers have about $60 million in cap space, although... They'd have to bounce Julius Randle, who's a really good player. You'd like to have Randle in that mix. But if they wanted to, they could bring in LeBron James, trade for Kawhi Leonard, and maybe sign Paul George as a free agent. All of a sudden, you've got two of the best two-way players in the NBA and Paul George as your third guy. Yeah, it makes sense. And then whatever else you can put around those those guys against the Warriors, that team would have a much better chance to beat the Warriors than the Cavs. Maybe a LeBron goes to the Lakers. Pop sees it and says, all right, Kai, you want to go to L.A.? Fine. I'll trade you to the Clippers. Take that. It'd be amazing, actually. Stick it to him. Oh, yeah. I could see Pop doing or something like that. Be a jerk all year. Oh, heck yeah. Now, he what what caused this? Like, what is the reason that this has become so aggressive? I get that Kawhi was hurt, and I get that Pop got disappointed. It sounds like Kawhi had his doctors telling him you shouldn't play, and the Spurs doctors were yeah. like, no, you can't. But how did this get so bad? I don't think, I think, and I again, this is just sort of, I'm, reading stuff like anybody else would. I think it's a combination of he had disagreements with the Spurs team doctors, and then Greg Popovich kind of sided with the Spurs team doctors. Like, well, I don't know. Like, he kept public publicly commenting no, on, well, did. Kawhi, I don't know when he's going to come back. Yes. Right? Yes, he did. But if you're the Wolves, make that phone call. Just the pipe dream of Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi. that is a big time. Do you like that? That's a big time train like that? that Tom Thibodeau could drive off the tracks. All right, we're back. Uh, well, you can apologize Colin to me via phone on, on Monday. Monday. No, Sounds thank good. you. Bye.